Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Everybody pumped? Happy? I've got Celebration Gouda. I hope everyone is celebrating. Elizabeth, hello. Chris, hello. Guys, I don't know about you, but uh, um, that's not what I expected tonight. What about you guys? So, like, in preparation for this post game, so I haven't done one in a while because I'm a mess. Um, I was like very responsible and I took like a lot of game notes here on my phone. And if I'm being perfectly honest with you, um, I was ready to do quite a lot of complaining. Hi, Mary. Um, I was ready to complain about this ridiculous lineup. Um, I was ready to be very mad about Dale Weiss. I was ready to be frustrated. Um, I was ready to have a lot of thoughts about Val Philpola on the top line. Um, sorry, my, yeah, my cat's meowing. He wants to be a part of every broadcast. But anyway, um, yeah, everything that I wrote down, Papa, everything that I wrote down kind of went out the window. Um, the the back half of that third period because uh we won backs against the wall and the flyers pulled it out um okay off the top of my head things that i want to mention um that i think are important uh valtteri philpola on the top line is insane it doesn't make any sense it should probably never happen again but uh he had a good game right he Scored a shorty, which, I mean, to be honest, should be more embarrassing to the Penguins than it is anything. But, um, like, I, I really can't bring myself to complain about Philpola um, after the game that he had. Does he belong on the top line? Absolutely not. Should not, should not be back up there. But, uh, whatever. Um... Some other things to note, Michael Neuvert had himself a hell of a game. Um, he did, that the goal, uh, let me refer to my notes, because I'm like way too amped up to think straight. Um, the Jake Gensel shot that made it 2-1 pens. Uh, Nuvi should have had that, for sure. Um, but other than that, he was like super solid, like really steady. Kept the Flyers in this game, made big saves when he needed to, and, hey, John Miller, go fuck yourself. Um, yeah, so, yeah, um, okay, what else do I need to talk about? So, the penalty kill was remarkably good in this game, um, and really kept the game in the Flyers in the game when it needed to. 
and that's pretty exceptional considering how bad it's been uh, for most of this series and most of the year. Um, that being said, the officiating, and I hate to, to blame officiating or give credit to officiating, um, regardless of the outcome of the game, but, um, the officiating in this game was, was pretty bad. Uh, they missed a lot of calls. They got a, a lot of calls, I mean, that were iffy at best, and that's the kind of stuff that I feel like shouldn't happen in the playoffs. Um, but the Flyers, uh, to their credit, were able to hold off the best power play in the game, and, uh, I, is anybody, I can't believe they won this game. I'm going to be honest with you. I, uh, I was ready to pack it in. Made a lot of plans for Sunday. I was going to go to brunch. Um, but, uh, yeah, we won. I'm super happy about it. And they won with, quite frankly, the most absurd version of the Flyers lineup that we've seen in a long time. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk, one of the, okay, so one of the things that I will complain about, because, I mean, you know I had to find something. Um, so, Dale Weiss in the lineup. Um, he only played about seven minutes, uh, which is good, because he's Dale Weiss and he's bad at hockey, so you don't really want to see him on the ice a lot. However, um, like, what's the point of inserting him into the lineup uh, if you're going to play him seven minutes, like I would rather see Jordan Wheel uh, for seven minutes or Oscar Lindblom for seven minutes. Um, Dale Wheel doesn't bring anything except for size, and we know how much Dave likes size, but that's uh, that's not going to do it. Um, I would much rather see a player with some upside get limited ice time than Dale Weiss. If you only trust him for seven minutes. There's no reason for him to be in the lineup. We can take him out for next game. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you guys saw Couturier's uh, post-game little interview there on the bench. Um, pretty much said that he can't even feel his legs because he shot up with all the good stuff. Um, just tried to get out there and do the best that he could, and obviously he did. Um, and actually, I mean... I'll reiterate that Val Philpola should not be on the top line. Um, but I, I think that we can probably all agree that given that Couturier is very clearly not 100%, um, probably pretty hurt and shot up with a lot of cortisone, um, it's probably for the best that he was in a more sheltered role and uh, that his talents were mostly utilized on the penalty kill where he was obviously needed. Um, so I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not sure that I want to see the Val Philpola 1C experiment continue into game six on Sunday, but I'm also, I can't imagine that Dave is going to make a single change to this lineup given the result of this game, um, which is dumb, of course, but I mean, as much as we should on Dave, like, this is like a, this is a every NHL coach. Like, no NHL coach is going to mix up his lineup in a must-win game, win the must-win game, and then make more changes to his lineup. Like, he's going to stick with what we saw tonight. And that's, you know, I, I think we just have to, to live with that and hope that 
what happened tonight happens again on Sunday. Um, yeah, so let me see what you guys want to talk about because I think everybody is super excited and I don't want to miss out on any of the good shit. Um, let's see. Uh, Lindblom and Sandheim permanent scratches next year. I mean, I don't know. Gary McGill fully expected us to win this game, yet fuck up the next game. That is the most Flyers result, so let's all just mentally prepare ourselves for that outcome. It could definitely happen. Um, I have to admit that that was probably Weiss's best game as a Flyer, at least by the eye test. I mean, you're probably not wrong there, but, I mean, still, it was only seven minutes. So it's clear that the coach doesn't trust him very much, and I, I just feel like in a playoff situation... When you need your whole team, you can't really have a guy uh, on the bench that you're only willing to pay, play for seven minutes because it's just, it's a waste of a spot. Like, we can put somebody in there that you can trust to play some minutes and, and make a difference. Let's see. Hag probably had the most hits tonight. Okay, so here, okay, yeah, let's talk about Robert Haig. Uh, Robert Haig should have been back into this series. Uh, well, he should have been back into the lineup probably before the playoffs started. Um, but for the fact that Dave Haxtell has a I-can-only-play-one-rookie-on-defense role that is completely arbitrary and makes absolutely no sense. So, of course, Haig, Haig comes in for Sanheim, who was, I think, objectively one of the best players in the series thus far. Um, and we remain, uh, strapped down to Brandon Manning, who is garbage. Um, Haig, I think was fine. Um, I have a note about him here. Sorry, I'm going to look at my notes a lot because I don't retain hockey details. This is why I'm not one of the smart people like Charlie. Um, I watch games and then apart from the end result, all of the details are immediately gone from my mind. Um, Robert Haig, on the, the tying goal, um, Brian Rust's goal, Haig was kind of standing perfectly still watching it happen. Um, which, you know, seems less than ideal. Like, he could have done something. Um, apart from that one glaringly bad play, I didn't see a lot of negative from Robert Haig. He, he did have a lot of hits, which I know people like, but... We've talked about this a lot before on Broad Street Hockey. Hits are fun and stuff like that, but if you're hitting players, you're hitting because you don't have the puck, and that's bad. Um, so lots of hits, well, it may seem exciting and fun, and the guys on the broadcast really like it, and everybody cheers. Um, if you're throwing, you know, 42 hits in a game, that means you didn't have the puck a lot, and that's not great if you're trying to win a playoff game. Um... So, so yeah. Haig should have been in, but he should have been in over Manning. Sandheim should be in the lineup. It's not going to happen, but that's what I wish would happen. But, you know, Hackstall. Let's see. Was that Valtteri Philpola's best game as a flyer? I am hard-pressed to think of a game that was better than this one. Um, I think this was definitely his best game as a flyer. And I made a joke <laughs> in the Broad Street Hockey Slack chat um, maybe Val Philpola just needed somebody to believe in him 
and he got a little, he got a little tap on the back from Dave. Get up there on the top line, buddy. And everybody believed that he could do it, and so he did it. He's like Tinkerbell. You just gotta believe. Clap your hands. Val Philpolo will score a shorty. It's magic. Let's see what else you got. Yeah, that newbie save on Crosby. Oh, buddy, that was uh, <laughs> that was that was good. That was really good. I I yeah. That's one of the ones that like uh, you know gets you out of your seat. Let's see. Um, we all know that if the Pens score the first goal at the Wells Fargo Center, the game is over. Us not. Listen. Let's be positive for five minutes, you guys. We got a lot of time to be negative. Today, we're going to be positive. Um... Do you think Hackstall makes the lineups by randomly pulling names out of a hat? Uh, no. I think that he constructs lineups based on players that he thinks are good at hockey, and he's just uh, wrong about a lot of that. But, you know. Let's see, let's see. Was it me, or did every chip clear or fluttering puck land on a pit stick all night? I'll tell you. Um... After Brian Rust scored that goal, I was convinced that we were in for a floodgates situation and that the game was going to get away from the Flyers like it had over the course of this entire series apart from game two. And it didn't happen. This was really the first game of this series. Because even in game two, we didn't see this. This was the first game in this series when we saw the Flyers push back against the Penguins. They didn't fold. They didn't go into a shell. There was no turtling. They took it to this team for the entire 60 minutes, and they came out with a win. So you got to hope that they noticed that that strategy worked, and they come out with the same kind of fire and intensity on Sunday. I'm really hoping that it carries over. Um, I know that a lot is made of momentum, Momentum game to game, I don't really think exists, but in this kind of situation, you really need it to. They really need this feeling to carry over into Sunday, and I'm hoping that the fact that Claude Giroux guaranteed this result for us, went out there and scored his first goal of the series, made this happen. I'm really hoping that it's, it, it's lit some kind of fire inside of these guys that they have not had for the entirety of this series, and something happens. I mean, I think that we've all expected them to lose this series um, since this matchup, you know, came to be. And honestly, it's fine if they do lose, but it wouldn't have been fine, and it won't be fine for them to lose the way they lost games one, three, and four. I don't think that's the way that we wanted them to lose. Um, so I'm hoping if they come out with some fire and some passion and they really take it to this team, even if they end up losing, it's okay because we we gave it a fight. And that's, I think, all that, that Flyers fans want to see. And I think that a lot of people saying that, you know, the building's quiet because there's nothing to cheer for, I think that's what we've been missing. We've been missing that spark and that fire and that fight. And if the fans see that, even if the end result isn't the same as the end result we saw tonight, even if they lose a game, if they really, really fight 
in that game, I think you're going to hear a loud building on Sunday. I think that's all the people want. They just want to see you trying. Let's see. Oh, yeah, Hackstall showing emotion. I know that's like a big thing. Michael Neuvert is talking. I don't know what he's saying. Um, yeah, Hackstall was doing some... Yeah, You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it... So, Dave, we... We've talked a lot at Broad Street Hockey about um, how perhaps the fact that this coach is so chill and so even um, is one of the things that contributed to the fact that the Flyers were one of the least penalized teams in the league, um, that they were able to recover from their super, super low points um, because there wasn't a lot of, like, John Tortorella craziness behind the bench. It was a lot of even-keeled, calm, professional, you know, hackstall. That maybe that contributed to the team being, you know, not reactionary, I guess is a good way to put it, during the season. Um, and then there was a lot of complaint during the first part of this series that that calmness maybe that's why the Flyers didn't have any fire. And Dave Hextall, he did a bit of yelling tonight, and he, he showed a bit of anger. He showed a bit of frustration. Um, he was yelling, I think, at his players, trying to get them going. So, so maybe there is some correlation there, that um, that bit of spark from Hextall that we're not used to seeing and that I'm assuming his players aren't used to seeing, maybe that lit something up. So maybe we'll see more of that too. Did you guys get some snacks? Oh, cheese is good. Let's say. Again, they won in spite of the brutal lineup decisions. I mean, yeah. It's so hard in a playoff series because the sample size is so small. But I can't really argue with the results, like I said. Full pull on the top line is insane. But he had his best game as a flyer. So how? Do, like, what are we supposed to do? I can't really argue with it. Let's see. Sorry, I'm just scrolling through. I want to see what you guys want to talk about because I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, Provorov got a little shaken up at the end there. Um, it looked like he kind of went off in pain, and then he came back on and was skating around a bit, but then I think he was off the ice uh, for the final shift of the game. Um, I can only assume that if Sean Couturier was able to play after one night off after that insane hit in practice, um, Provorov will be fine for Sunday. <clears throat> let's see, let's see. All bets are off if Provorov misses game six. I don't, I can't imagine that he will. I mean, you have to remember that, I mean, that's what happens with these guys. They get hurt and they don't come out during the playoffs because this is all they got. Like, what are you gonna rest up just in case there's a game seven? No, you're gonna you're gonna go out there on your bum leg with your sore knee or your bum foot or your sore ribs and you're gonna you're gonna play some hockey. I think that's why we like these guys. If the Flyers manage to pull this back to a decider, does Dave Haxtell deserve credit or will the haters hate regardless? 
a really tough question, I think. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends. I think it depends on how this next game goes. If they pull out game six and they get to a seven, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard not to give a coach credit in that situation. Um, that being said, as I've said um, pretty consistently all season, you can give Dave Haxtell credit for good things that he does. You can give him credit for good results that happen. You can give him credit for good decisions that he makes. Um, and you can do all of that while still absolutely believing that he's a terrible coach. So if the Flyers take this to a Game 7, um, yeah, man, good on you, Dave Haxtell. You're still a bad coach, and I don't want you coaching my team. Like those, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. So, yeah, we can, uh, we'll give Dave some credit if they're able to pull this out because obviously he's a part of, of how that happens. Let's see. Oh, Wayne Simmons. Oh, God, what is going on with Wayne Simmons? You have to believe he's hurt, um, which, okay, but, uh, if he's hurt that it's affecting his game this much, because he has been uh, pretty bad across the board, um, I would take him out of the lineup, to be honest, because at this point he's not helping you in any way. And uh, you can probably plug a non-injured warm body into his spot that will not actively hurt the team, and you might get some upside from it. Uh, so... I mean, I don't, like I said, we're not going to see any lineup changes between now and game six just because of the result of this game. Um, and that's okay. But I, yeah, I think it's a fair, the Simmons question is a fair one to ask uh, continually <clears throat> until this season is over because he has been very bad. Let's see, let's see. Um, yeah, cheese is pretty good. Oh, yeah, our pal Travis got a big fancy new job. I'm super excited for him. He really deserved it. Broad Street Hockey, all of this, everything we're doing here is because of Travis Hughes. So if you see him on the interwebs, be sure to thank him for the existence of this framework that allows us to talk to each other on the Internet about the Flyers. It's pretty fun. Okay, so that hit on Drew. Yeah, let's talk about that. Thank you, Max Alexander. Um, first of all, Penny Alexiak's brother is a piece of shit. Um, that hit was obviously intentional. It was textbook interference. And the fact that it wasn't called was absurd. Um, I saw a lot of Penn's fans on Twitter calling that payback for Drew's hit. Um on Latang, which is just, like, that's not the same thing. That's what you would call a false equivalency. Drew ran backwards into a guy he couldn't see. Penny Alexiak's brother ran into a guy who was standing still in the middle of the ice and knocked him over. Those aren't the same. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, nothing's going to happen at this point, obviously. Like, it's not like he's going to be suspended or anything, but... Um, I kind of hope that if we have the same officiating crew on Sunday, they, that's in the back of their mind. 
Why is Crosby left wide open so much? Well, you see, it's not so much that Sidney Crosby is left wide open so much, it's that Sidney Crosby gets wide open so much. Sometimes, oh, wait, I'll get to this. Sometimes you just have to acknowledge good players, and you might hate him, but Sidney Crosby's goddamn good at hockey, and he's not left open, he gets open. So you have to respect that and cover him more than you cover other players, and, and sometimes the Flyers don't do that. But to be fair, a lot of teams don't do that because it's really hard to do because he's really good at hockey. So our pal John Sequela is saying that Charlie tweeted that Provorov was not available after the game, which is probably not good or bad. Probably just means that he needed some attention. Um, yeah. So, noted. Let's see, let's see. Neuvert did have a very excellent game. Would I rather a 12.30 or a 3 p.m. start time on Sunday? Well, I currently have brunch plans, so I kind of prefer a 3 p.m. start. However, I friggin' love early afternoon hockey, so if I have to cancel brunch to watch the Flyers, I'm okay with it. Um, let's see. Hurt Simmer greater than... Healthy Weiss. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't have to be Dale Weiss either. What's more of a story, veterans struggling or kids playing their heart out? So one thing I think, and this is, so kind of in the same vein as this Crosby conversation that we just had, um, there's a lot of focus on the fact that the Flyers' veteran core, which is primarily, you know, their top two lines, is struggling more than the kids are. And one thing I think that nobody, at least that I've seen, really acknowledges in the midst of that conversation is that Claude Giroux's line is getting the toughest matchup. He's our best player. That's our best line. So Pittsburgh is going to do their damnedest to get their best players out against that line, which makes it harder for them to do anything. It gives them less room on the ice. It's harder for them to get set up. It's harder for them to get zone entries. It's not just Claude Giroux is not trying hard enough or Claude Giroux is not playing well or Claude Giroux is struggling. It's that Claude Giroux is getting the toughest minutes on this team because he's our best player. And the fact that he's taking those tough minutes means that things are opened up for Nolan Patrick. Things are opened up for Travis Konechny. That's why they have the room to go in and make stuff happen. And I think that, absolutely, this is not the performance that I would have wanted from a guy like Claude Drew or a guy like Jake Forchek. Obviously, you want them to be doing more. But I think that when we talk about the fact that they're not doing as much as the kids, we have to also talk about the fact that the kids are getting easier matchups. Because there's a lot of... Claude Giroux slander going around these days, which hopefully with this goal tonight will stop because it's super annoying. But that's not, that's, that kind of stuff is not a lot that, I don't see that a lot in the conversation. And I think it's important to remember that the Flyers aren't the only team on the ice. There's another team trying their hardest to stop our best guys from doing well on the ice. And when your best player is on the ice, 
their best players are going to be on the ice trying to stop him, and that's why it's harder for him to get anything done in this series. Let's see, let's see. <laughs> Sand Sam Lundlum says BSH Radio is the best hockey thing on the line, and I am inclined to agree with him. Just thought you guys should know that. How about Malkin trying to slew at Laterra but hurting himself? Man, oh man, I was really hoping that Malkin hurt himself trying to slew foot Laterra because Malkin is low-key one of the dirtiest players in the league, and that gets absolutely zero attention from the media. Um, so it would have been nice for him to do something that dirty and pay a price for it, but unfortunately, he was not hurt. Oh, let's talk about Shane Goss's bear. Um, what's going on? What's going on with Shane Goss's bear? Uh, he is not having a great series. He did not have a good night tonight. I have a note. Let me refer to it. Um, the penalty he took on Crosby was inexcusable. You cannot do that kind of stuff particularly when the team is playing four-on-four four against a team like the Penguins, who absolutely do not need to be given any more space on the ice. And not only is the team playing four-on-four, four, but we're down a defenseman. So now you've taken a stupid penalty um, that you know is going to be called because it's textbook against Sidney Crosby, and now we've got another defenseman in the penalty box. I mean, thankfully, the team killed the penalty, so there's nothing really to speak of, but that kind of stuff, like, you know, 90 times out of 100, you're not going to get away with that kind of stuff against a team like the Penguins. So he's got to be better. I don't know what's up with him. I don't know if it's, like, if he's too far in his own head. Um, I don't know if he's not doing super well with his pairing. Like, I don't really know what's going on with him, but um, this is certainly not the series that I expected from Shane Gossespear. I expected a lot better. So, Michael Ellerman says, it means Drew is getting outplayed by his Pens matchups. He is getting outplayed by his Pens matchups. Another important thing to remember, the Penguins are a better hockey team than the Flyers. They just are. The Penguins' top line is leagues better than our top line. As good as it was this year, theirs is better. You have to accept that. Like it's it doesn't mean that Sean or that Claude Giroux shouldn't be out there scoring goals. He absolutely should. He probably could have played better. But you also have to acknowledge the fact that the Penguins have two Stanley Cups for a reason. They are an exceptionally good hockey team and the lines that are being matched against Claude Giroux are as good as Claude Giroux's line. Or better. Like, that's just factual. So, is he being outplayed by the Pens matchups? Yes, he is. But that's not because he's bad. It's because they're really good, and it's okay to admit that sometimes. Oh, let's see, let's see. Johnny Oduya. I legitimately forget that Johnny Oduya exists, like, on a regular basis. So, thank you for reminding me. So who would put Anderson back in net? This is not a Leafs chat. 
despite the fact that I am rooting for the Leafs. This is not a Leafs chat. Let's see. Uh, yeah, the lines being matched against G are some of the best in the league, correct? Um, I don't understand how the Pens penalty kill can contain the outside so well and not have any discernible holes. Um, you guys, they're, they're a really good hockey team. Like, there's really not a lot to figure out. They're a, a very talented hockey team, and they're very, very well coached. Their coaching staff is probably the best in the league. Um, oh, the game's Sunday at 3. Hot damn. I guess we're going to brunch, fam. Um, but yeah. Who's dirtier, Nazem Kadri or Malkin? Malkin, for sure. Like, it's not even close. I don't think Kadri is that dirty. I think that he's gotten a reputation for being dirty, and as such, every single thing that he does is put under a microscope, but I don't actually think he's that dirty. The hit that he was suspended for, um, I think it was more of a fluky thing than anything, and uh, I thought three games was a bit high in the playoffs, but I don't make the rules. Okay, um, I'm going to refer to my notes and see if I've missed anything. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see, we talked about Val Philpola. We talked about the penalty kill. Um, I was kind of going back and forth with a friend of mine, um, Sean, during the game. And when Phil Pulis scored that shorty, um, he commented that it's kind of like the players are, like a, a player like Phil Pula is like so bad and slow and clunky that it's almost like a team like Pittsburgh sees him coming and doesn't really know what to do with him. It's like, what is this guy doing? Lumbering up the ice and then just scoring up, like it, it, it made me laugh. I thought it was a funny comment. Um, Talked about Penny Alexiak's brother being a piece of shit. Um, yeah, I took a, I, a lot of my notes are about the penalty kill. Um, and I think that the reason why it was so important in this game is because it's been so bad. Um, and it's been so bad in this series. And power play goals for the Penguins have been... Such an important part of what have gotten this, what has gotten this series away from the Flyers. So to see the penalty kill bounce back, make some really big kills. Um, the kill at the start of the third, I think, was was huge. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I feel like this is the kind of thing that you have to watch a lot of tape on to really get a handle on. So I'm going to ask Charlie about it later. Um, I'm not sure if they really changed anything about the penalty kill strategy-wise, but it was it was obviously better. Um, so hopefully that'll continue into Sunday. Let's see. We're talking about Brad Marchand. I'd rather not because he sucks. Um, yeah, our pal Gary is talking about the Penguin superior coaching. Um, which, yeah, it can't be overstated. They are, I mean, Sullivan is, for my money, the best coach in the league. Um, before he came on for the Penguins, that team was floundering, and he completely turned them around. Um, so you can't 
overstate the fact that not only are the Penguins playing with a better team, just personnel-wise, that personnel is being deployed in a more effective manner than ours because we have a very bad coach and they have a very good coach. Um, so yeah, that's just a lot. I just, I just want you guys, I'm super okay with, with you guys complaining about players who aren't having a great series. And if we do end up losing this, I think there's a lot of conversation to be had about the performance of a, of a bunch of players up and down this lineup. But you can't have that conversation without acknowledging the fact that they're playing a far superior team with a far superior coaching staff, and that affects their performance. So we can, we can complain about players, we can criticize their performance, but we need to do it in context. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of that so far, so I want you guys to work on that for me. That's your homework. Put the play into context. Haxall wouldn't put Oduya in over Sanheim if Provorov is out. I, I mean, Matt. <laughs> so I laugh at the idea of, of an NHL coach putting in Johnny Oduya over Travis Sanheim. But um, Steph Driver has made the point on the radio show several times that Dave Haxall has an arbitrary one defenseman at a time can be a rookie and no more. And that's why Sanheim had to come out for Haig, because he couldn't have two rookies. Um, so if that really is true, and that really is a rule that he's unwilling to break, maybe he would put an Odia over Sanheim. I mean, I can't imagine it, but I wouldn't have... If you had told me that Val Philpolo would be on the top line at some point this season, I would have told you you were an idiot, and here we are. So, let's see... <sighs> they have a pretty good goalie, yeah. Seriously, if you believe that they are superior, then why even play the game? Just hand them the series? Well, Jeffrey G. Horn, that's not how hockey works. How it works is we play a series of games, and the winner of four of seven of those games advances on to the next round. Now, sometimes... The superior team, both on paper and on ice, doesn't win the series. That's what makes hockey so fun. Sometimes a bad team comes out and kicks the ass of a good team, and everybody enjoys it. Um, so yeah, we don't just like say that a team's better and then hand them a series. That's not how it works. We can, however, acknowledge that a team is better on paper and on ice and hope that our team beats them, like tonight. Because guess what? Today, like yesterday, and like tomorrow, the Penguins are a better hockey team than the Flyers. But today, the Flyers beat them. Because hockey! It's fun. Just enjoy it. And don't be a dick about it. It's more fun that way for everybody. Let's see. <laughs> You guys seem to be out of good stuff to talk about. People are bringing up uh, the Washington Capitals. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys, I mean, I don't, I don't know. This was fun. The, the Flyers truly had no business winning this game with that lineup. 
Um, the Flyers had no business playing as well as they did with this lineup against this team. Valtteri Filppula never has any business scoring a shorthanded goal against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs. But, hockey, right? The Flyers had no business doing what they did tonight, and they did it. They did it because Claude Giroux told us that they would, and he went out there and he opened the door for them to do it. And now we get to have a game six in Philadelphia, 3 p.m. on Sunday, I'm told, by our friend John. And, uh, hell, we're playing on borrowed time, so let's just enjoy the hell out of it, in my opinion. There's going to be plenty of time this summer to criticize players and coaches and goalies and defensive pairs and lineups and matchups and all kinds of things, but I think that for the next couple of days, we should just try and have a little fun. And if you're going to the game on Sunday, make some noise. Um, show the boys that you care about them winning. I know that a lot of us haven't cared for long stretches because they've made it very difficult for us to care. But I think we do. It's still in there, so we got to show them. Yeah, John just said, let's borrow some more time. We can do that. You win this game on Sunday, and it's a one-game series, and shit gets really weird, and that is the most fun. So, yeah. Have fun, guys. Enjoy the game on Sunday. I hope all of you enjoyed this game tonight as much as I did. Thank you for coming and hanging out with me um, while I ate some cheese and my cat meowed. Um, but this was super fun. I got nothing else to say. I'm excited. Let's go Flyers. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.